You're listening to Gone Mobile, your input and output for all things .NET MAUI and mobile. Welcome back to another Gone Mobile. We're here, we're back again. And if you remember from our previous episode, um, Alan was about to try my virtual list view. And I, I kind of said, well, if, you know, if it goes horribly, there might not be another episode, but we're back. So it, it must not have gone too bad. You opened with that, huh? I, I guess that was a good thing to start with. But yeah, um, it did. It ended up fixing my problem. Um, it was an interesting problem. It was only, uh, it was like dynamic sizing with the collection view but only on the phone tablets and more specifically the iPhone 15 Pro Max. Is that what it is? That's a massive phone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people use it, man. It's too big. You need like bigger pockets. Like, I don't Yeah. Where do you put it? Is that, what do you have? I, I have a 15 Pro, just the normal Pro. Like that's, Isn't that that's a huge fine. phone? No, no. It, it's, it's, an, it's the smaller of the pros, right? Like it's, okay. it's decent sized. It fits in my pocket because it it's only the camera that upgrades, right? From the regular iPhone. Yeah, and I don't even remember anymore. I just was like, oh, yeah, new shiny thing. I'll I'll, I'll go grab it and you know, see what it's like. But I never it's, get it's, them because the camera just like I take crappy pictures. Anyways, yeah. Why do I need a better camera? I don't I don't know how to take make use of that. <laughs> but yes, it solved it 100 um, percent. I used it on a customer project and they're quite happy. So good job, John. You're uh, your controls uh, getting some sweet love. So let's let's maybe cautiously, optimistically suggest that somebody could go out and try it. Um, we'll start with that. See if there's more bugs. I, I do want more people using it because that'll help me figure out if there's you know things missing or scenarios that I haven't tested. So please, you know check what it I'm out. thinking? I might I might use it for a few scenarios because just like that's usually the first thing that comes up is and you need a simple list. This is simple list. It just works. I didn't have any issues. I think it took me, I think between the time we ended our last episode, it probably took me five minutes to to convert the code that was there to work with your adapter. Um, that was it. It was up and running. It was great. Nice. So I, I see you've preceded the the show notes with a question that you didn't, uh, you know, clear by me first. <laughs> this, this is my question of the week because I've never asked it. I've never asked it. And I'm like, I I said it at the end of the last episode. I was like, you're going to have to explain this Redth to me at some point because like, I'm not really sure how you got that as a nickname, but uh, yeah, do fill me in here. You know, I, I debated because I've, I've held this secret fairly close to, you know, my, my chest over the years <laughs> and, and probably only mostly because it's like a really silly story. Um, a few people know, a few people do know already, and they've probably told others. I think, I think like David's probably told others or something. He probably forgets when I told him anyway. However, okay, here's, I, I'm willing to do it. This is the big reveal. Um, this was, it's been many years, many years. This goes back to when I was, I don't know how old I was. I couldn't have been more than like 12. And Back in the day, I played some MS Flight Simulator 90, mm, I don't know, was it, was 95 a a thing with them or 97 maybe? I never played the flight sims, that's all you my friend. So I I played MS Flight Simulator and I needed to find a online handle that I could use to play multiplayer. I don't don't know why I even played multiplayer. I think it was flight sim, It, it was some kind of flying game. And uh 
you know, finding a, a name that wasn't used because like John, you know, was clearly taken. And and then it's like, well, why don't you use like John 78, 34, 23, right? It's like, no, I'm not doing that. That's that's silly. I don't want a number in my name. So I kind of was just looking around and I thought, you know, I just watched some, you know, probably Tom Cruise. It was probably Top Gun or something. And all of the, the pilots have these call signs, right? Like, um, I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but they're all like. Maverick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I started looking around and I came up with Red Thunder and Red Thunder was taken. <laughs> but then it was like, I think it suggested it's like, well, why don't you just use the R-E-D-T-H? I'm like, OK. And then what I found was over the years, like if I was looking to use a, a, a handle on something like nobody ever chose that. So I'm like, I'm rolling with this because it's fairly unique. It's never taken on platforms, you know, new <laughs> platforms. And, and so it just kind of stuck. All right. Well, it works because it's hard as hell to pronounce, right? Because you got to yeah. go redth. But it's pretty SEO friendly, so. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. And you use it for every, everywhere. So that's how people know you a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. No, true, true, true story. That's that, like, at conferences and stuff in the past, it's been like, you know, oh, hey, you're that guy. And then you try to pronounce it. And it's like, yep. <laughs> it's always well, fun. that explains it. I've always wondered. I was like, you know, this doesn't match your name at all. No. No, it doesn't. Yeah. All right. Well. So what what are we talking about today? Oh, we're gonna do one one that's near and dear to my heart and and backgrounding and all the fun it brings. I also have that in quotes. I can't you can't see my air quotes, but fun. So backgrounding, that's that's just easy. You just use a thread, right? And you're good. Oh, that's what everybody does, and then they go, Hey, this doesn't work, right? Must be a Xamarin bug. Right? And a lot of people think that those async things, they just kind of work. Um I don't know. What does it mean to you? You you don't get to work with this area a lot, so that's no. But I I you know it, we I, we talked about the uh, like I think it was the push notification stuff. That's true. Um, and oh no, and the list stuff too. And and funny enough, so like I I wrote whatever the chapters were in that one book that we talked about. I actually went this morning and and dug out the copy that I still have in the basement, and I I looked back and you know, funny enough is. I actually did write some stuff on push notifications for that one that I completely forgot about. Did the list stuff, but then also I wrote a chapter on background uh, code, you know, basically encompassing everything Android related at the time. So like this was, I there's like a footnote in there that's like, if you're targeting less than Android or API level five, I'm like, oh yeah, well this is old, right? Oh, wow, like API level five was a thing, okay. Um, so I know I, you know, a little bit biased in my understanding of what backgrounding means on mobile. I, I knew a little bit about Android, uh, but to me, backgrounding, you know, from a, a mobile development perspective is really just like, how do I execute code when my app is not the thing that's in the foreground? My app is not the thing that's kind of like running quote unquote, you know, on the user's, uh, device, Right. So that, yeah. that would be my simplest exp, uh, understanding and explanation of it. And it's not it's not far from the truth, that's for sure. Um, I think people have different understandings of what background is because they're, you know, a lot of devs from web perspective, they're used to having just stuff run, right? Like if, if you're on a server side, yeah. stuff just runs, you can have scheduled jobs. Um, if you're in like a WPF, if you're a Windows dev, it's just kind of your app is always there or it's a Windows service. It's always there. Mobile's yep. different, right? Mobile has that, uh, well, your users like their battery life, right? I, I, I like when Usually. my phone can make it through the day, Yeah. right? So 
you know, there, there's a whole bunch of things that it, it kind of stops your app from doing for good reason, thankfully, because again, I want my phone to last the day, not, you know, 35 minutes. Yeah. So some of the stuff I've seen people try and do over the years is like you said, that async task, you know, you run an async task to, to do something. And let's say I just swipe my phone away. Well, Android, Android generally tends to let those finish as long as they're not too long. Do, do um, they actually enforce things? Yeah, they do. They'll, sh- they'll start shutting it down if it wants the memory. Okay. That, it, they'll, they'll tank it. Right. Um, iOS is far less forgiving. As soon as it, that app goes away, it's got about four seconds before it's like, yeah, shut up. You're done. Right. So, so what are some of the things that like you see people wanting to use background jobs to do? Like what are there, is there, can we break it down to a set of kind of common scenarios on mobile? Well, usually there's things like data synchronization, right? Like a lot of people want that offline. So they might use jobs for, for stuff like, you know, does my, you know, get me the, get me the, all the data or all the work I've been assigned since the last time I asked. Right. So like network access is, is one you know yep. obvious one that people want. And same pushing my, pushing my data back. So if I'm online, push, push my, whatever work I've done since mm-hmm. I came back into coverage, um, maybe stuff like GPS, where's a, where am I currently at or where have I walked right here? It is. Um, so my employer can sneakily track me, uh, whatever, uh, stuff like that. Right. So a lot of people, jo- jobs don't really go too far in terms of a mobile background, right? Like they just, like I said, data synchronization. Um, there's another one, image uploads. That's common. A lot of mm-hmm. people try to say, oh, I'll just, you know, an image upload should only take a second. Yeah. Like you, you post, uh, like if you're using like a good example, probably a social media app, right? Like I'm going to go yep. post a video even, right? And and upload that to my account. And it's like, well, what from the app developer's perspective, like fine, your user wants to do that, but what do you do to to make sure that it still works once they just swipe the app closed right after they hit post? Right. And it, it, it gets worse because you don't even necessarily get the chance to trap an error, right? So if I upload an image and the platform goes, yeah, you're done, right? It just fails like yeah. silently. There's no... You can't track an error. You don't know that that upload never hit. Your server does. It'll be like, hey, you told me I was expecting like 12 12 megs and you gave me three. So what would you like me to do with this? And and the user doesn't know, right? Like so bad user experience. So they think everything's great and it's just failing. Right. And and so you don't don't have that, right? It just kind of evaporates and your picture's gone and you see that a lot. And that, and that's kind of, so like that seems like one common scenario where you are initiating the the background job as a result of doing something in the app, right? Like, is that, that's one way to do it. Are there other kind of categories of, you know, can I, we, we talked in push notifications, right? So like, that's, that's another one, right? You could, you could tell the server to do, to tell the device to do something. Right. But you only get so many of those, like I said, in, in that, that. Thing. like I've seen people abuse push notifications so they try and send silent ones and then Android doesn't seem to stop those like it doesn't throttle them very much mm-hmm. but iOS sure does Apple starts saying yeah you can't do this man you can't keep telling the device to wake up the user likes their battery so you don't even really get that there there's other push notification settings with Apple that you can use they've got that activity one so if you want to keep real-time sports scores but it's not really your app running it's 
it's like some sort of pseudo Apple app that they say is approved because it, it they know their code runs fast. Yeah, so it's a pretty constrained, you know, way to do something. Right. So a lot of those things come up where uh, you just push notifications, just don't do the job, right? You have to really use them for messaging and just bits of data. You can't use them to kick your app alive. It's just not a good, it's not going to work out for you. And, um, and each, each platform also supports like some idea of like uh, inner, uh, you know, Scheduled jobs, like you know, something that happens on a, re- a recurring basis or something like that. Is oh, that you, you use the you use the bad word? I love recurring. that one. It, well, it a lot of people think jobs on these platforms, and I'm going to cover this more when we get to each platform. Is it's scheduled? Well, no, that means you you could decide a time interval or um, like a date and time to run. Yeah, it doesn't quite work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. It's periodic, right? And and what that means is that. You know, so Android has their their tools and iOS has their tools um, for how it runs, but they're very smart, right? If your battery's almost dead, they might say, "Yeah, guess what? We're not gonna we're not gonna time slice this for you. You're not gonna get any runtime." Um, iOS is even smarter. You know, it'll it'll say the user doesn't use this app in the middle of the night. We're not running it. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't need to sync data in the middle of the night. You can wait until about 20 minutes until they're about to run the app, right? So they're very intelligent about it. Yeah, so they're they're really protective of the user experience on the device, right? And you, you're just basically asking, like, can I please do yeah. something sometime? And when I can, just let me know. Right. And, and it's smart, though, right? Because, again, they're doing it proactively. If you do need to send a message, so like a chat app, right? That's a great one. I do want to know when a message comes in in real time. Mm-hmm. But I can do that with a push notification without my app ever opening. Right? right. So it's those things that people, like I said, syncing data, you can still use a push notification to say, Hey, you need to get data. Right. But you don't, you don't want to do it all the time. Yeah. So the other ones that I t- tend to see, this is the big one usually is real time GPS. Okay. So I know, uh, I know Maui has, uh, started to do stuff with that. You guys are kind yeah. of looking at it. We, we, I mean, we've been GPS location on Maui, especially from an Android perspective has been kind of interesting because we, we haven't yet taken a dependency on the play services implementation of location stuff. And, and we've talked about that back and forth quite a bit. It's probably, you know, overdue to, to do that at some point. Um, but for now we've just kind of said, let's, let's keep that simple. Let's not pull in that extra dependency. Um, and let's, that has implications for all sorts of stuff, right. To have that, that particular dependency there. But I I think we're at the point now where it would be fine. It's just, we haven't, you know, planned the work to do that yet. So. And it, it really, that's the thing you, you you really need for Android. You really need their GPS library, like the Android X one. Yeah. Um, to do things properly, right? Like the built-in one. I don't know why they just don't make it part of the OS, but it's, yeah, it's just... that was a funny one, right? Because it's such a core function of devices that you would think they would just have said, okay, let's just make the core one work a little bit better too. No, but it's got to be part of Google Play yeah, uh, for whatever reason. Um, So that, you know. Okay, there, yeah, and so there's still impl- implications, I think, like, because that, that particular one, I think, does even need play services on the device, right? I'm not yeah. sure if all of them do, but I think no, that does. one does. Which is was Why? fine if you're shipping to you know regions and stores that 
and devices that have that. But that, like I said, that's a whole other kind of can of worms. And we'd have to kind of figure out what our, our polyfill kind of story is around that for devices that don't support play services. And, and that's part of why we've just kind of said, you know what, let's not go there just yet. You can just use shiny locations. I already have the full. There, there you go. It works. Yeah. And one, and honestly though, that's another reason it's like, if there's good implementations out in the ecosystem for some of these things, and I know we get requests all the time for the, this kind of stuff. We're like, well, this should be part of Maui. It's like, maybe but like let's focus our attention on other things because this other thing exists like shiny out there already that does the work for you so just like go use that that's fine and and that's the the funny thing too right like people people want that that gps stuff and they don't realize that there is a lot of work and that maui isn't meant for the background like that's yeah. that's a different part of our architecture right um so that there's there's all those things to consider is like you you're going to take that hit on the, the on the G on the Android X package are you really going to deal with the moving target that is Android in terms of permissions yeah how they background because it changes yeah a lot and, and and even for us like you know just do we want to is that the best place for us to spend our time that we have to spend on things right like to duplicate efforts that are already out there you know, from a number of reasons like one I don't want to stomp on work that you do well um, and say like, well, no, now we're going to do it. Right. That just not, that's not really an open source kind of friendly way to go about it. And, and two, just, yeah, the, the, why, why, why duplicate the efforts in the, in the ecosystem? Like we all, we're all friends. Like let's all kind of work together and, and cover the whole spectrum of things, you know, in, in any way we can. Well, think about the permissions, right? So essentials does permissions and everybody uses them. Mm-hmm. Except for me, I can't, I can't for, for shiny. Cause I, I tend to be a little bit different with the ecosystem. I have to work with the Unos and the, mm-hmm. the native and the non Maui. Um, but if you, if you think about it, right, like how, how Android changes, like your permissions are changing almost every Android release. So 14 yeah. introduced, sorry, was it 13? Somewhere sometime in the last API changes, they added like a background permission. Mm-hmm. Right, background location permission, which doesn't mean what people thinks it means. By the way, it's, yeah, it's not quite. Just because you have that permission doesn't mean that it's going to do what you think it's going to do. Um, but it's there, and you guys had to add it. Yeah, but if if you want real time GPS, which is another thing that's quite common, right? Like people want the GPS coming in. Yeah. So iOS that just works. Android well. It depends where you are in the, the ecosystem now, right? Yeah. They've got, I don't know, if you go back to your Android 5, API 5 level, <laughs> what'd you have? You had a service. Yeah. And that was um, it, right? I don't even think they had yeah. permissions yet. It was just like, sure, you can no. run this. Well, so yeah, like, you know, digging into the the Android side of things a little bit, um, I went, like I said, I went back and read the, the chapter that I'd written again because it's been so long. And I covered, you know, a basic service and, and, you know, the basic service was like, you start it from your activity. If you want, you know, you could start it from a broadcast receiver. You could start it from a a few different places and that service, like the, the simplest thing you managed yourself in terms of if I'm going to keep it alive, like I'm going to start a new thread up and I'm, that thread's going to be the thing that kind of like does all the work. Um, but that service could just start, keep running right. And, And early Android 
you could just run services and and I remember having Android devices and having apps that you'd go into like the app, the, the system settings and see, oh, this app is running like three different background services. <laughs> and like, do you want to stop them? Like, yeah, like quit wasting my battery, uh, which is why all, you know, they've progressed more and more towards the where we're at today. And and so yeah, there was the the you know, normal services. There was a thing called an intent service, which I mean, these all still exist, but. Uh, which would kind of five. Okay. Yeah. It it would do the, the plumbing for you basically, right? Like you start the service. It's like, it's going to give you the, the information you were passing over and you would run your code and then, you know, it would stop the service as it needed to, or as it, as you were done and and it could. And, and it even had the concept of foreground services back then. And so like foreground services new, uh, they had, they had no, well, they had, they had, um, there were things that you could return for what type of, of service sticky. you had. There was sticky, sticky. non-sticky, yeah. not quite the same thing. Not though. quite the same, but, but and now foreground services is the kind of newer thing, right? Like they're really discouraging you having services. It seems like on Android, because if you now correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is if I want to keep a service running in my app, it has to be a foreground service, which means basically I have a notification that is pinned for as long as my service is running yep. that the users can see so that the user knows that I'm doing this. Yep. And that's it exactly, right? There is one other thing that they've added that's kind of newer is the foreground permissions, right? So you have to say what that foreground service is doing. Like, is it okay. doing location? Is it doing some sort of data sync? They've got like, I don't know, I want to say eight to 10 categories. And it, is that to- the user, like user has to accept the permission before then it'll even run? No which is weird. It's more of a, it's more of the, not the runtime check, but the one that you have to put in the the manifest. It has to be there okay, so that it, you know, it, it knows that it can do it, but it's more, you still have to have like the location permission as well as the foreground location, foreground. Um, I'm struggling to get the word, whatever the permission is in the manifest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there were, you know, at that point too, there were still, Originally, there was broadcast receivers and stuff, too, where you could say, like, hey, when the phone boots up, you know, run my broadcast receiver. I don't think they had any restrictions on how long you ran code in those either. I could be wrong. No, um, Android never didn't care. But you like usually the pattern that you would use is to start your service from that broadcast receiver, I think. Yep. Uh, and then once your service is running, the other thing you could do is you could create a, a binder to it, right, so that you could potentially from your activity if you wanted to talk to that service back and forth you would create this whole binder thing and it would i, I forget Those the details odd. completely it was they weird yeah we just returned null now in the maui the maui ecosystem i don't remember yeah. the last time i ran a binder was but I, i'm pretty sure i've just got null set up for everything i i think i always pretty much like did the bad thing if i was going to do something like that and had um you know like a static event or something like that because i <laughs> at that point and, and maybe it's changed like your app and like your activity, if you had one running and your services, they would still all be in the same process, right? That, that was the way I think it's still the way. No, you're right. It is still the way. So while it was kind of not, you know, great form to do it, you know, you could have like your static and communicate back and forth between the things. So it, it, and, and all that still exists but in the world of cross-platform, it's obviously changing, right? So we've right. got service, we've got broadcast receivers, we've got foreground services, and then we've got all these permissions that keep changing. So it, for Maui to do it, even essentials, is it really essential, right? And 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 what 
what does that mean? Like I said, background background um, permissions on Android now. Background location, whatever it's called. Um, it's not really what people think it is. So, I so mean, it's great it, for like it? geofencing. So okay. we don't need real time, right? You can still start up a GPS like listener, but it doesn't really suit anybody's needs, right? So how often do you think it's going to ping on? How often would you want something to ping if you were running a service, right? Well, it depends on what you're doing, right? Fair. So the, on average, this is about maybe three to five times an hour. Okay. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's not that's super useful. You. Yeah. So, but people use it and then they go, it doesn't work. It only responds. I'm like, yeah, that's unfortunately, if you aren't real-time GPS, this is where the foreground service needs to come in, right? You need to tell the user, we're abusing you a little bit, but yeah. you're, will, you're a willing participant. Yeah, like I, I know um, there's a, a group uh, around here that was developing for, I think they're still probably doing it, a like trucking, you know, man, a yep. fleet management app, right? And so it's like, if you're if you're using the app, you know, as a, a driver or something there, it's like, well, yeah, you know that this thing has to run. And so you just deal with it. And most of those scenarios, because I used to work for a fleet management company, um, so that's why this stuff is near and dear to my heart, is you could apply to say like, look, we're going to abuse the living junk out of your phone, plug it in. Yeah. Right? And we could send notifications, right? Now, the cool thing when we talk about real-time GPS, the other one I like to mention is that people also want to keep their app hot, always running. So usually iOS is like, yeah, yeah, no, that doesn't happen here. Android still, like I said, foreground service, and your app is hot all the time. But iOS, if you can, you know, sacrifice a pint of blood to uh, Steve Jobs yeah, uh, and Apple, they'll still let you run GPS. You just have to explain why. Uh, which is, that, cases. is that explaining why, like just to the user with the permissions? Or is that like you have to apply for no, an, you, an entitlement, you have to, get approval and... So you don't have to do that yet. I imagine yeah. that'll come at some point. Um, but they, you do have to have a good explanation because if it's going hot for that period of time, they will ask, what are you doing and why? Right. So not just your permission. They don't care so much about that. They care in the explanation of your app to say, this is what we're doing and why. Yeah, they, they give you the ability to do some of these things. And like that that happens a lot with Apple, right? And and like you said, yeah. not yet, but maybe soon. Um, I know in the past there well, you you've I think dealt with some of like the health kit approval stuff. Yeah. Um when we were doing um for like the the expo COVID exposure notifications, like we were oh, trying that's... to to build that API out in a cross platform thing for Maui. And like being able to even get a entitlement to test that was way harder than you might expect it to be. It's uh, it's absolutely annoying that they do that too. It's like, come on, guys, you're really slowing down. Like, just block at the point of entry, maybe. Yeah. I guess they don't want people going through all that to, for them to turn around and say no. Yeah. But at some point, you got to let users, like, that's the one thing I do like about the Android ecosystem is that it's like, the user still has to accept the pain. Like, you're doing this knowingly. So yeah. Apple being gatekeepers on this stuff is sometimes frustrating. And that's why the web is so good for certain situations like this because you, you don't have those blockers. Yeah. Right. So for Android, you know, we've talked a bit about the the historic kind of stuff and like, yeah, those things still exist. But I think like most of that has moved to to different models, right? Like I remember binding some of the first um, versions of some of like the the support 
still I think still, still support libraries at the time for like the work manager and the Firebase yep. has some job dispatcher thing. I don't know if that's still a what's in use. Like what what's no. what are the newer things? So in terms of jobs, um, Android X has that uh, their work runtime. Mm-hmm. So that's what China uses in the background. It just feeds off of that. They've got some great um, set of filters, right? So if you want your job to kick off uh, when the device gets plugged in or you have internet, right? So again, that connectivity scenario where it's on and off, this thing will kick in, right? You can apply filters like the battery level has to be greater than 20% or don't run, right? right? So it's it's pretty rich. Um, it's a great API. Um, it's a lot less handcuffed than Apple's. But again, I think Apple got this partially right as a user mm-hmm. um, cuz they have the same thing they have the battery filter they have the internet filter they just don't run it because they run it when the user's going to going to yeah, step so, in so that's you know, fine in theory like if if you want to think of that from a really optimistic perspective is like they're kind of helping you too as a developer to to do the right thing right like in, in a sense it's like they're going to do it at the right time they're going to make sure that you know if if your app I'm assuming that nobody knows, I guess, exactly how they've implemented it. But I'm assuming that, you know, if your app is more used by a user or something like that, you're probably getting more, um, you know, scheduled time and stuff like that. So right. it, as much as it kind of sucks because you you want the control as the developer, you know, you kind of have to look at it from the the like, hey, at least they're kind of trying to help make the experience better for you, my right. users too. Yeah, protect me a little bit from my own kind yeah. of ignorance on what this app is doing. Right. Cause a lot of people are just like, Oh, it's one of those annoying dialogues. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Give my life away. Yeah. So they still try and help. Um, what else? So what, what, like, yeah, have we covered Android? Do we, is there, is there anything else that we're missing on you know, kind of the newer way? Well, there, there's the downloads as well. Um, the transfers. So it's kind of, if we go back to kind of the key scenarios for background, when we talked about, we had real-time GPS, we had scheduled, not scheduled jobs. I use my bad word, periodic huh. jobs, um, push notifications and, and kind of these HTTP transfers, right? Those kind of yeah. four. So if the Android had well. its own thing like that too, like its own special, I, I vaguely recall it. They do not have an upload service, but they okay. do have a download service. Not really sure why, but, uh, it's a bit old. It's a bit clunky. It's existed since I'm pretty sure Android like 13. So it's been mm-hmm. around the block. It hasn't really evolved. It's got like a kind of this old little SQLite database. They have to query to see, you know, what's going on, what's done, what's not done, etc. Yeah. So it's there. It doesn't, it works. It doesn't need a foreground service, but it's kind of clunky. Um, so what a lot of people are switching off to is again, just your old foreground service where you can do an HTTP client and manage it all yourself. Yeah. Right. So, and then you can do uploads or downloads pretty much the same thing. Can, can you not do some of that in, in periodic jobs? I, I guess it's not the right, you know, fit depending on what you're doing. If you're trying to post a, a video to social, you know, a media account, right? Like, so I had thought about doing jobs when I was writing the open source version of it. And it just, you want it to start uploading right away. Like if mm-hmm. I've got connection, just, just, just go. Don't wait, don't, don't do any of that stuff. So the way I, and you, a job may not necessarily wake up right away when it has internet. So it says, oh, I've got internet. It's still going to time slice you in at some point. Right. So it made more sense 
kind of from a user perspective to just say like, look, this thing is running. The second we see internet, we're going to start uploading, we can track the progress and just let them know that this thing is there and waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that tends, that's work for kind of the use cases that I have. Some people might not like it, but it does its job. Um, now kind of hopping over the fence to the iOS side, um, for the, the transfers, they have the NS URL session. Right. Now, the funny thing is, is that most people don't tend to know what that is in kind of the Maui ecosystem. Wasn't that like the kind of first foray that they made into backgrounding stuff in a sense? Like, I don't think they had background tasks as soon as they had the NSURL session stuff. Yeah, they had a, they had a fetch mechanism, but it wasn't the same. This is more like they'll manage it for you. You're almost handing over. Here's a URL. Here's some stuff I want to upload or download. Do your thing. Yeah. And it'll notify you. It's all great. Like if your app is in the foreground, it'll tell you the progress. But if, if your app goes to the background, it kind of just manages it. But that's and pretty it, restrictive though, isn't it? Like I can, you can only do HTTP based operations then with this. Oh yeah. That's all it's meant for. Right. So you're, you, like I said, you're uploading a, like a, like a big image mm-hmm. or database or you're downloading something. It'll still tell you, Hey, this download errored or this download or this transfer uh, passed. You get, you know, your usual, which this is the other thing. Within, with iOS, it gives you about four seconds to respond to that event. So it's yeah. basically come in and go set a flag that, that that transfer is good. And then when they come back into the app, you could be like, yeah, transfer is good. Yeah. So right? ho- hopefully you have a fast enough device. And like th- this kind of stuff, I think, was much more um, you know prone to be like finicky with .NET or with Mono back in the day, right? With slower devices, slower yep. Mono. Now, I, I, I mean, am I kind of right in saying that it's probably much less of a concern like wait you know would it be like oh is is the runtime going to spool up enough and am i going to be fast enough and am i you know going to be able to do this thing in those seconds like is that less of a problem now it definitely is now people still tend to do um certain things like jobs so they, we used to have a background fetch so ios started with this background fetch thing that right. was so you could get data so that was ios 9 or 10 somewhere in there mm-hmm. and you could go off and people would ask for data right and they tend to give you uh i think anywhere between four to ten seconds there but if your api is slow or you've got a bad connection or you're one of those apis that tends to suck in the world right yeah these things would again fail the os would trim it down um so ios introduced this thing that you could ask for a little bit more time they've got this thing that you can say oh it's that's going right over time. Yeah, ask like, for, which is complicated to do. Yeah, I mean, you're like, okay, well, it's not done. So yes, ask for more time. Right. It's like, why don't you just either give me the time or don't? You know yeah, like I mean? if, but, I, if I'm still executing and not telling you I'm done, then like I <laughs> then want I'm not the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like they, they were like, if you're going to abuse the user, then you, we're going to abuse you. Or so yeah. I don't know what their thinking was, but that's what they did. Make it painful to take too long. <laughs> so then lo and behold, they introduced these things called BG tasks. And that was iOS 13. And this was a better this was a better attempt because now they give you thirty seconds, right? You, you don't get more time. You can ask for it, but they don't give you more time. You got that thirty second window. I mean, cripes, what do you need? What what more could you need to do on a mobile phone? In, in hopefully seconds? not. I mean, I like I. The only thing I could maybe see is if you're in a weird state where like connectivity is not great and you're trying to do a bunch of you know operations like 
syncing data. Like, I don't know. I've had, I've had requests and it it is. I mean, I'm just thinking like I've had requests, even like if you load a, a browser page or something and like stuff is weird with your connection, like sometimes that can take a while. Um, but yeah, 30 seconds is, is actually long if you count it out. And, and again, they're really good with these. I don't know. iOS is a different beast in terms of quality. Like if Mm -hmm. they know that, so I used to take the train to downtown Toronto most days Mm -hmm. and I swear to God, that thing was stupid smart. It would just go, it's not going to run here, but as soon as I would come into like areas of great coverage, it's like all of a sudden my notifications would just be like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. And I started running those tests and sure enough, it was smart enough to know, okay, yes, you've got signal, but you know what? We're, we're going to wait till this end. And it did. It was, it was actually pretty cool that they did it by location and, and just knowing the coverage that they were hitting. Yeah. Maybe it's just me being way too optimistic and a fanboy of Apple, but they really seem to have that down. Yeah, no, that's what, that's why I kind of always think, yeah, there's, there's probably more, you know, heuristics at play for these kinds of things than we really understand or give credit for. And, and yeah, it's all kind of meant to just make things work in theory. Everything is supposed to be easier as a developer because of it. True. And, and honestly, BG tasks did solve kind of a gap. So you can do these data syncs now. So are, um, are these like the same idea? Like these are kind of periodic more yep. than anything. So you can say, I want to do this thing when I have, you know, network and I have power and, and that's it. That's it. They kind of decide only filters and they decide the. So are these like one off? Like, can you schedule another one right after because you want to like keep syncing in the background every once in a while? You said the bad word again. Yeah, I know. Well, There's can no you re- can you request uh, a future <laughs> occurrence? So you can request a one off, right? Mm-hmm. Both platforms, so both the the worker runtime on Android and iOS have that one off request, right? So you can say just run this whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have scope of if you're in the app, just in case you're about to go to the background. This is a task that we really want to finish. Um, so you can say it's. Um, yeah, there's like a like it's like a continuation almost, right? Or like yeah, a, I, I know which one you mean. I'm trying to think of the words. You see, you see, this is why I write libraries because I don't remember what the actual things are I use underneath the hood. I got to go look. Yeah. Uh, but but they had this thing. So if you were doing any async tasks, you could say, "Look, just give me like 20 more seconds to finish it, yeah. and then then trim right." Um, which is also a good option if you're doing small images, but still use NS URL session. You don't have to worry. Um, so I totally lost my train of thought on this, but really it's, you got that 30 seconds now on BG tasks. You don't have to worry. You just play by the rules and do your thing. If it falls out of scope, you had 30 seconds, man. Does, does shiny, so shiny uses BG tasks. Is that's true? Is that true? And does shiny, I, I, it kind of sounded like when we were talking about the the work manager stuff, like you you don't use that in Shiny on Android? Yeah, I do. Okay. I use do. the worker runtime. That's that's the way to do it on, on Android. So um, I'm curious then, like when I, back in the day, remember looking at some of this, because I think, I don't know if you had made the, the Shiny stuff already or not. I can't recall. But I, I remember looking at this problem space at one time a while back. And I think it was for when the work runtimes, you know, stuff first came out for Android. Yep. And and iOS had the the tasks at some point. And I thought, you know, I started kind of building this, um, you know, kind of what you were you've done now with Shiny. 
And one of the challenging things was sharing state between those those jobs and your app. Ah. Like, what what do you do there in Shiny? Because I I know what I was gonna try and do, but like, you're not. It is well, two questions. Like one on Android, I think those probably still run in the the one kind of process of your app. So in theory, if your app was still running, but that's not a safe way to try and share state between you know an activity that might have been killed. Yep. Um. But on iOS, is it is it the same process as as the UI? Uh, or it maybe maybe or maybe not, and it kind of doesn't no, matter, I guess. Because it doesn't matter. It's not really intent. Like if your app's running, so Shiny yeah. has the concept of like a foreground job. So I just spin off a thread and keep running. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of emulating the worker. Um, but in terms of like that BG task firing, it it's not really, it's not really meant to be UI. Um, responsive like it right this is this is a chunk of work you're going to do whatever that case is in the background if you want to notify now this is a cool thing if you want to notify your app there's obviously messaging frameworks like there's do you guys still have messaging center weak weak messaging that's in uh Maui. there is something and yeah there is something in maui we, we've kind of i think even changed that up lately but yeah i don't, yeah. I don't use messages i i don't like them but like so yeah, you could do it that way, I guess. Like, and, and that, but that would depend on you know both ends kind of being uh, up and running for exactly. it to have an effect. But most of the time, these jobs, when they're really truly running, um, they're not running within scope of your UI. So it's right. not really like Shiny doesn't have the concept of progress. Mm-hmm. It's like do whatever you're going to do. If you need to do something with the UI because you think that that's going to happen, then. You know, send a notification, like do a local notification or something if you want. You could, and that's that's another reason why local notifications is part of the OSS offering because you you often do those. But um, the the key is is that that who knows what you're going to do in your job. So if you want to notify the UI, I don't have anything out of the box. But mm-hmm. events are so easy to write. Yeah, right? like or, or a weak referenced message or whatever. Or so for this for yeah, uh, uh, subject yeah. future topic coming. Future. <laughs> so for the the background kind of like periodic jobs um when i request that a periodic job be eventually executed how like what's what's the what are my options for for passing state into there like let you know let's say i'm gonna sync data um i, I want to know i want to tell that job that you know here's some identifier or something to use or whatever like what what do we do you can you can pass state. Shiny lets you pass state. The worker manager lets you pass state. BG tasks doesn't. You have to store that somewhere and deal with it yourself. Okay. Um, just because it's like, again, if you're doing a job, most of the time you, at least in the use cases I use it for, it's like, when was the last time you ran? So if it's a data sync, I'm going to say, give me all the data from this Delta date, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you'll like... You open up and like I like something I haven't done this in in pool math yet um maybe I should that'd be a fun experiment to actually use shiny myself a bit he doesn't but use I, it. he writes his own stuff I, I do uh, this, this might be a scratch. good example though I'll, I'll, I'll try this one uh, but what like how I deal with my my data in pool math is because like you can you can have the app running on multiple devices I can like you know create logs and stuff for my pool on one app and that gets sent up to the database I don't do like super rich offline data. I don't do offline data at this point. I just kind of say like, if if you're going to create a record or change a record, it has to go up to the server and then it comes back down and I you know update the local database based on it. But the way I do that is basically saying, 
okay, like here's the newest record for this type uh, in my local database, like go get me anything like you're saying the Delta between, you know, after that date and what's what's happened after that date, go bring those down. So I, I would maybe want to do that in the background. Um, but that's like, I have access to, to connect to that database when my job runs at that point, right? Like it's just, it's my yeah. app, it's my code. So I can go say, Hey, I, let's look at the state of things. So like worst case, I could manage my own state passing even on iOS by writing a serializing something to some place, whether it's a JSON file or a database or whatever. Yeah. Settings, preferences. There's so many yeah. ways to do it. And like I said, in, in OSS and shiny, uh, there's so many ways to maintain state and it does it for you. So jobs get bound. Like if you have like a notify property change, mm -hmm. I remember all those for you. I put it into preferences. So there's so many ways to remember that state of where you were. Obviously you're not memorizing huge chunks of, of data, right? right. Like you still need a database for that. Um, but, but there's so many ways to manage state. That's why you don't necessarily need to build it in. And data syncs are notoriously hard, yes. right? That's why I don't have one because there's no one way that's correct. Like what happens if somebody else updated the record? Who wins? Yeah. And and that's, that's yeah, that exactly. That's why I haven't ever done like the full offline in, in the app yet. I'm like, you know what? Like conflict resolution is hard. Yes. No, thank you. <laughs> like, that's just, if you want to make a change, you have to have network connectivity and, and you know, that's the way to do it. So. Or you have to manage some sort of queue that says this failed because, which yeah. I, I have done, but it, it's hard. So don't just think you're going to get jobs, periodic jobs for data sync and it's going to be great. It's not. Data, data synchronization. If it's just push and pull, you're great. If there's other people involved in touch and that data's in motion, yeah. it's anything but great. Have yeah. fun. There's yeah, there's lots of products that have, you know, popped up or, you know, failed or whatever because of that problem being very difficult to solve. Right. Um we we touched on GPS a little bit. Like there there are it occurs to me that there's, you know, some cases and scenarios here that you might like it's not good enough to ask for a periodic task to happen. And yep. I, I need to know Android fine foreground uh, services. What do we do on iOS for that? So iOS is pretty good in this regard, right? This is the one th they're consistent, right? You either, it's either a yes or it's a no, there's no gray area. They don't really change the way it works. It's just, this is the way it works. Um, so GPS is, is kind of cool because when you say, look, we want, there's, they actually have a flag that says we're like background, background. I forget what the, the actual flag is again. That's why I write libraries. Um, but they actually have a Boolean that says you want this to run in the background. It'll ask the user for permission. Uh, they, they get kind of funky with that. Now they say, yes, I'll give it well in the app. It'll keep running in the background. And then later it'll say, this is still running. Do you want to switch it to always, or do you want to turn it off now? They changed that in like iOS 13. It was like, really? So you're going to yeah. shut me down now? Yeah. It's frustrating, but it just works, right? So other than them kind of changing the game a little bit on us, the, the overall architecture of saying, I want to work in the background just works and it keeps the app hot. So that's one of the things that users want. They, if Generally, if you're writing a GPS app, like a map um, or... I don't know, fleet tracking. That's a great one, right? They mm -hmm. want to know every, you know, 30 seconds or every minute, where is my driver? How fast are they going? Yep. You know, where am I going? Right. 
Maybe you want to track distance. Who knows, right? There's so many reasons for what for why you might want to do it, but you got to keep it hot. So iOS it just stays hot, which is great. Um, now leading the witness here, I, I think I know where you're going with this question. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, let's let's say I've got my app running then, and and I want to put data back and forth like that. Like, does that finally give me the opportunity to do something like open a web a web socket and and keep that running and communicate back and forth? Yes. Um, and there is a lot of people that uh, you've seen in Maui, everybody asked for signal R, right? They're all the web yeah. devs come over. They want to do signal R. Yes, you can do it. Should you, it's one of those things you really want to know. Should you do it? Um, probably not. I mean, I can, the fleet app maybe could have had signal R because yeah. it's sending data constantly and resolving to pings. Um, but the app was always pretty much on the screen anyways so it's a bit different yeah um but for your general users just don't do it and the reason is is that not only do you have the gps running hot processing cycles mm -hmm. which is gonna it's not as bad on the battery as people think as long as you're not doing a lot of processing but enter signal r and now you've got the cell radio hot all the time yeah that is doing processing all the time you're just gonna murder your your, your user's battery they're gonna hate you they're going, to, they're going to spew venom at you. And this is, I think, another case of where, like, maybe we don't understand all of the effort that has probably gone into Apple's, like, implementations of these networking stacks and stuff, right? To be super optimized for dealing with, you know, cellular connectivity and being easy on the battery and kind of back to talking about push notifications right. where it's like, yeah, they don't want everybody opening up and keeping a socket open because they've probably done a lot of work to optimize you know, the cases that they think there should be always be a, you know, connection open. Right. Right. And, and so just because you can, doesn't mean you should, mm -hmm. like I said, I, I've got an example actually that I'm going to finish at some point. I've got like this GPS sync that keeps jobs running every 30 seconds. GPS is hot. It's just blowing up everything. Um, but there are apps, there are business cases where you need this. I just question SignalR unless you've got a power source, right? Like a like a truck, like you mentioned, yeah. you're plugging it into power. Then SignalR might matter. Um, but for the most part, yes, I'm going to release this sample, but there's going to be a big caveat warning. Yeah. And so it's kind of like if unless you if you don't really know exactly why and have a really good explanation of, you know, why you want to do this, <laughs> the answer is you you shouldn't. Right. And, and I don't think people are really prepared for how often, like GPS, you've got to set a throttle on it. Like iOS just keeps pumping the data. They used to yep. have these filters, but now they're just like, too bad. You requested full time. Here it comes. Right. So you have to actually process and go, have they moved 50 meters? Have mm -hmm. they, has it been 10 minutes since the last ping? You have to do all that on your own. Their filters just don't work anymore. Um, they've deprecated them. The Apple's weird about deprecation. They just kind of, they keep it there. It just doesn't work. Yeah. The API is there kind of forever, <laughs> but it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. So they've done that with, with GPS now. So if you don't throttle it and you got that signal R open, man, is it going to push a lot of data to your service? Yeah. Just, you'll know every, every uh, step they take basically. Yeah. And that, and like, you know, you know, sell cellular data plans and stuff certainly aren't where they were like a decade ago or anything. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know if everyone, again, if it's like a business case and you know, the, the 
phone is, you know, paid for by the, the fleet management company, then okay, fine. But like, you know, other than that, it's like, you don't also want to do that to just all of your users and assume that, you know, their data is free basically to, to use as you wish. Right. And you know how hot that phone can get doing all that yeah. processing too? Like you, you notice it. So I run this GPS with the signal R test. Again, it's a test. Don't, don't copy it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Just but it runs hot. It, it runs hot. And I yeah. do have processing again in shiny. I can, I have that. So don't tell me unless it's been 50 meters or 30 seconds, but I have to process that. So yeah. just don't do it. Do, do, show some love to users too. <laughs> so have we missed anything on, on background tasks and jobs and code execution? And we talked about GPS. We talked about pretty much the four areas. There are other ones like VPN, which I don't cover. That's like a whole mm-hmm. business case on its own. Um, you know, for the, the main stuff, like sending and receiving images or files, um, you know, we've got that covered periodic jobs. I almost said scheduled again. We got that covered cross platform. Um, we, you didn't talk about windows yet. Oh, <laughs> you're not allowed to go there. If I'm not allowed to bash windows, then you're not allowed. No, to- no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, windows, obviously, like if you're in a desktop environment, you know, the, the game sense. is different for sure because your one your app is probably still running but and i don't actually know if in winui so in in uwp there were some apis around like periodic or background jobs of some kind they still have them it's called winrt anyways right that's the confusion like winrt is still the driver of uwp and it's still a driver on winui yeah those apis actually haven't changed and I, I don't know that they, you know, if if they're fully implemented on WinUI or not, like maybe maybe they still work the same. Hopefully, this they still work the same. As as I th- and I think that the idea there was always like not for the the desktop scenario as much as you know a, a tablet kind of form factor or like you know lightweight laptop kind of thing where right. you might want to consider you know your user's environment more like a mobile app, but. You know, that's, that seems to be less and less important for yeah, those types tough, of scenarios. Remember the tough book era, right? Where yeah. they had those indestructible laptops and stuff. Now, I am, I'm not a Windows lover personally. I just believe it's web, Android, and iOS. Those are what exist in my world. But I will say this, WinRT, and the I'm not going to talk much about WinUI, but WinRT um, minus the Bluetooth API, which is horrendous, but the GPS one is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They, they really, some of the WinRT APIs that the Windows team wrote is just clean. It's exactly what I think GPS should be. Whereas Android is like some hodgepodge of junk yeah. that they've assembled over the years. Yeah. The Windows RT stuff is solid. I don't support it because my business, my customers don't need it. So mm-hmm. I don't do it in Shiny. That's not to say I won't. I mean, Dan Siegel, who's a good friend of mine, is a good friend of ours. Uh, he does Prism. He's asked me for some Windows love, so of course I'll do it for you, Dan. Um, but for the most part, I I don't get, like you said, it doesn't those those kind of APIs are the background ones. Yeah, you just don't need them on on like a Windows. I mean, you could run a Windows service, or you know, generally you just minimize your app if it's on desktop, and it could keep running away. Anyways. Right. Yeah. So, and, and like GPS stuff too, like a Windows device usually isn't one that's you know in in motion as much as a phone, right? So it's no. like. That's it. I think the Surface had a GPS in it. 
Yeah, I think a, a lot of the the devices do now, but it's yeah, again, it's like those are more special use cases. And and at the end of the day, to to write, you know, if if you're targeting Windows to like write a little bit of code to get the location updating constantly, like go do the platform code. Exactly. Now we didn't cover this, and I don't plan on covering this today. But the other background scenarios, and this is kind of what I think will eliminate Windows from the motion kind of backgrounding scenario is the CarPlay and the Android Auto. Mm. So John and I have toyed around with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cool. You can pretty much do whatever the heck you want there. Um, so that'll probably be something we'll talk about in the future. Yeah, yeah, that would make a good. We episode. haven't played around with it enough yet. Right. Yeah, it'd be, we'd be more uh, learning as we're talking about it, but. It and is a, fair, an interesting got, area. You only got CarPlay this year in your car, right? Or I don't have CarPlay. There's no CarPlay. You don't. You don't have it. I thought they gave it to you. No, no, no. That the so Tesla does. They don't want you using those things. And actually, neither does does GM. I think now, right? They're going to drop it from from their cars. Okay, so um, keep using background services in your phone. I thought I thought for sure you yeah. got CarPlay. No, they have. There's Apple Music and Apple Podcasts. Oh, and, like there's dude. the apps that are are built specifically for oh, the the okay. OS, right? So, so you can't even help me test CarPlay. That's why. No, I can't. I mean, okay. there there's solutions. Um, lots of people have like little CarPlay ex- external screens and stuff that are I hooked up if they really like it. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, that's a new backgrounding scenario that we haven't explored yet, but I oh, think yeah. that one's pretty cool. So it's coming. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the obvious, I, I I think we'll get episodes where, you know, the plugin package and product picks are not from one of us, but I mean, I, of course we have to pick shiny, you know, shiny jobs and shiny, uh, net HTTP transfer stuff. Um, naming is hard. Yeah. Naming is hard. I mean, it's descriptive tells you what it's going <laughs> to do, I think. So yeah, go check those out. We'll, we'll link to them of course. And, um, you know, like always, if, uh, you like the show, please subscribe, please leave us a review, you know, a nice review on Apple podcasts generally is a, a really great thing for podcasts. So if you're, you're looking to help out, support us, um, that's where you, where you want to go. Uh, I can do that from my car now. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> if you have, uh, ideas for a topic, another, you know, show episode, uh, you have questions, you want to recommend a plugin package or product that we haven't talked about. Let us know, visit our website, drop us a line on SpeakPipe, on all of the social media things, um, using your phone that is then posting those in the background with background transfers. <laughs> or send us an email, show at gonemobile.io. Uh, but I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thanks, Alan. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, See y'all. Man.